Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. And not many days after the young son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with extravagant living. Luke chapter 15, verse 13. We have all heard the message of the prodigal son preached numerous times. A son wants his inheritance ahead of time, so he leaves his father behind and goes to a heathenistic and worldly place. He squanders and wastes his father's resources and then ends up in a terrible spot among pigs and filth when it runs out on him at which point he realizes that it was better to be but a humble servant in his father's house than to use his father's resources for his own gain in some worldly and distant place. We often look at this story and imagine the son to be some rebellious teen who runs away for a life of promiscuity and drugs. Yes, the father's love and desire for those who are in that situation to come home does indeed apply. However, while I was praying and seeking the Lord, this passage took on a whole new meaning. Because you see, when you look at it from the context of the actual situation that was taking place, we've got to see that Jesus was actually talking to the Pharisees. Understand this, that the scripture is meant to be a mirror according to the Gospels. So as a minister, I looked at the story and tried to place myself in this role where I am today. Yes, there was a time in my early 20s that the misguided youth aspect of this parable could fit me. But what can it say to me now? And then it stood out. Again, he was talking. Two, the Pharisees, full-grown men, ministers of God who had strayed from the Father and were squandering his resources on extravagant living. And no, I'm not just talking about materialism here, which they were surely guilty of, but also of misusing the Father's spiritual resources which we in ministry all have the opportunity to find ourselves guilty of. You see, a pharmaceutical spirit is hard on others, but easy on themselves. While a true minister of the Lord is hard on themselves, while being easy on others. Knowing that first and foremost, they must lead by example more than by exhortation. The word of God, therefore, must always be used as a mirror before it is used as a sword. We are to place ourselves under the microscope before we start telling others what's wrong with them. And in doing this with this message, I found a place for my own guiltiness, and I saw it like this. The Father, of course, is God. His house is His presence. That abiding place that we live, sup, commune, fellowship, and are taught by him. The Father's resources, or the gifts, callings, 
and anointing that he has laid up for us who are mature sons and daughters. The son that wanted his portion ahead of time I saw as an immature and impatient minister. And this is where the guilt became mine. Because I have been guilty of this, as I'm sure all in ministry at some point have. So let us look at the story from this light and learn from it. Remember again that the audience was the Pharisees. They're the ones that Jesus was speaking to when he began to give this parable. So that we can see that the first point that Jesus was making was for them to see God's delight in receiving sinners back into the family. Yet also, I think, to show them that they were no less guilty. However, that he would be just as happy to see them return to his presence in humility. A minister represented in this story as it begins as the son spending time in the father's house. A humble, simple one. But there they have communion and fellowship. There the father is teaching and instructing him as how to rightly govern the affairs of the family inheritance. The father allowing the son to use his resources under his close supervision. When all of a sudden the son gets impatient, he decides that he's done enough training and waiting. He wants it all now, so he leaves the father's house. He goes out on his own and uses it the way that he sees fit. So this minister takes his gifts and anointing and departs from his father's presence and the humility of his prayer closet. The son goes out into the worldly, ungodly, and counterfeit places where friends of the world or unclean spirits flatter and fluff as long as they can use up his resources and inheritance. Oh, pour out your anointing on us. You are so great. You are amazing. You're such a man of God. Put on some more performance. Wave your hand. Say that. Do this. We'll react to it. We'll give you a little praise and glory. Just keep wasting the resources of the Father in this vain, arrogant, and unfruitful way. A little thrill. A little high. A little attention. All the while, leading him on in his deception. And farther and farther away from his father's presence. Come enjoy some extravagant living out in the far country that is very different from the humility of your father's teachings. Come be just like the heathen seeking attention, vainglory, a bigger city, a little spiritual adultery. Give others your attention. Use your gifts and anointing ahead of season to get the ministry that seems pleasing. One that looks like what you've seen others enjoying in the world. But what if theirs was counterfeit? What if theirs was pharmaceutical, heathenistic, or Hellenistic? Just like this. What if... 
they left their father to get it. Then a famine comes upon the land, but not one for bread or water, like it says in the Old Testament. A famine for the word of God. People stopped caring about the party and the show and the extravagance of the counterfeits start to look pretty shallow. Then all of a sudden, the sun's resources run out also. Like Samson, the anointing is gone. You can say the same words and go through the same motions, but nothing happens. There is no transaction. Like trying to buy bread, drinks, friends, and attention without any money in your pocket. Minister, if you forsake the prayer closet, then it won't happen right away, but eventually what was given you will run out. And when you pray, preach, prophesy, or try to cast demons out, that spiritual check is going to bounce. The son's resources ran out, and he found himself in a very tough place, among pigs, unclean things often used for sacrifices to counterfeits and demons. A polluted, powerless, fruitless, and worthless ministry just like that of the Pharisees to whom Jesus was speaking. Then it finally hit him. It was better to be a servant in my father's house where there was unlimited access to all that was needed. I had my eye on the gifts and the anointing and I thought I could carry it with me. But now that I'm emptied with nothing, I remember the simplicity of the reality that the resources came from him to begin with. So I'll go back to his presence and ask for forgiveness. And herein lies the best part of the story. The father receives him with open arms, gives him a robe and a ring, restores his covering and authority, and continues teaching him as he grows in maturity. If Jesus could tell this story to Pharisees who were hard-hearted, full of excess and extortion by Jesus' own admission, and even had it in their hearts to kill him, then surely there is hope for you and me when we miss it. Do you think that a far stretch to interpret it or apply it like this? Remember a Pharisee? Named Saul of Tarshish? Minister, we all get knocked off our high horse sometimes. Don't keep hiding in the pigsty. Get back to the prayer closet. His arms are open wide. He is that same forgiving father and redeemer to the Pharisee like Paul, that he is to the harlot like Mary or to the thief like Barnabas. Thank him that he rejoices to receive all his lost children back into his presence and get back into the classroom learning how to help him 
do it. It's an amazing thing I find that Jesus was giving this parable to the Pharisees and we can glean so much from it even to this day. But we have to understand that even though they stood hard against him, it was for them also that Jesus was willing to endure the crucifixion. It says that for the hope that was set before him, his hope and heart's desire was that the lost children might be brought back into the kingdom. And we see this manifested in Acts chapter 6 verse 7. After the day of Pentecost had come, it says, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples were multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to follow the faith. I have to wonder in my heart if maybe a few who were there that day took that message to heart. They didn't just try to apply it to everyone else because that's what a pharmaceutical spirit does, but that they used the word of God as a mirror more than a sword and they took it to heart and they put themselves in that story and realized that they had become hard-hearted, that they had squandered the father's resources, that they had taken the inheritance and went done what they saw fit with it before they had finished learning how to rightly steward it. My friend, don't get impatient. And if you have, come back to the Father and ask for forgiveness. So God, we come to you today and we humble ourselves before you. We ask for forgiveness of the sin of impatience, which in actuality is rooted in unbelief and is a great wickedness and stench in your nostrils. Lord, let our prayer and our praises and our faith declared be a sweet-smelling fragrance that fills the air. Lord, as we come before you in humble repentance, asking for your mercy and thanking you that you are so kind that you are willing to leave the 99 behind to come and find the one. And that story might seem a little crazy or plain or boring until the one is us that you're coming get and carrying back into your presence. Lord, we pray for those around us who have strayed. Lord, we pray for the Pharisees that we have encountered. Lord, those who have even come up against us as we have tried to be your humble servants. Many of them started from a right place, Father. Restore them by the power of your grace. Bring conviction where conviction is needed. Humility brokenness, repentance, and righteousness that will lead them to produce all of the fruits of your Holy Spirit. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.